welcome back to another weekly edition of Triple Threat, brought to you by Sickler and Dry Law Firm here on KCOU. My name is Kyle Jones. I am joined in the studio by Chance Sicklin and Cole Tusing, and we are getting ready to get you a good show going today. Breaking news as we come on the air today. Apparently last month, Vontez Perfect was, quote, quietly reinstated into the NFL. Of, of course, um, Burvick was suspended for being incredibly dirty. And when I say dirty, I mean, I don't just mean like, you know, Miles Garrett swinging a helmet at, you know, at Mason Rudolph. I'm talking like repeated violent offenses brought on by one fella. And like, when there is a two minute and two minute and forty seven second YouTube compilation video of you titled Vontaze Perfect's Dirtiest Hits, how in the world is this man being reinstated? He's, yeah, it's he's one of the dirtiest players like in history. He's picked up so many fines and suspensions. There is a six minute video entitled Every Vontaze Perfect Fine and Suspension in Order. Six minutes of him <laughs> being fined and suspended for his actions on the field. Like, it's not like this is fines and stuff for, like, PEDs. No, this is because of how dirty a player he is. Yeah, I think it's funny. Ever since we... And I just had gotten that notification before we had stepped in the studio to go on the air. And ever since we've uh, received that news, uh, Kyle has been on a hot thread. I'm just mad. Um, you know, and, 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 for the right reasons. If, if the NFL is so darn concerned about player safety, yeah. Vontez Perfect should have been kicked out of the NFL a long time ago. There is a difference between playing hard and playing dirty. And Vontez Perfect has been dirtier than, you know, than a white shirt thrown in a pile of mud. Absolutely. In other news, as we... Step into the footsteps of our show. A uh, memorial is going on right now at the Staples Center out in Los Angeles for, of course, Kobe and Gianna Bryant. And Vanessa Bryant, the wife of Kobe Bryant, has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the company that operated the helicopter that crashed last month, um, killing, of course, her husband, daughter, and seven others. So we'll see how that turns out uh, once it gets to court and, you know, this and that and litigation. And, you know, that goes back and forth for... You know, a couple months. Yeah, litigation um, always takes a while. But, no, great to see uh, a lot of support out there in L.A. for, of course, the icon of the NBA and really much more than that. Yeah, I mean, um, he, he transcended sports absolutely. in many ways. Cole, it's a rainy Monday in Columbia. How are you doing? It is a rainy day in Columbia as well as, you know, it kind of sucks because, you know, I was outside, you know, just chilling, you know, just enjoying the sunshine in Columbia. It was like 60 degrees. So going to this, you know, rainy 30 degree weather kind of um, sucks the Monday morning out of you. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Hey, to put a smile on your face, spring break is really less than a month away. Yeah, just about a month. Which feels good. Just about a month. I know um, it starts the the week of my birthday, so March 25th. And that's on a Wednesday, I believe it was. So um, it's the 24th of February. So it is about, it's actually less than a month away. Absolutely. Um, So, so. Hopefully, and hopefully the weather starts to improve dramatically in Columbia. Yeah, knock on wood. One day it's 65 and sunny. The other day it's, you know, we got 43 and drizzle. Knock on wood. But uh, let's, let's kind of get into our show today. I've got, you know, a little personal news, right? I'll be uh, I'll be flying down to Houston at the end of the week. Um, I am one of the broadcasters that KCOU is sending down for the Shriners Hospital College Classic, which uh, Mizzou Baseball is playing in. So we're going to break down, A, how the season for Missouri has been going so far, and B, who they're going up against in this College Classic, and what Tiger fans can uh, can watch for and listen for and obviously you'll be able to tune into KCOU to hear it so plenty of that so let's start out with how the Tigers are doing so far four and two on the season uh they have yet to play a game in um in Columbia so no home games yet. Tiger fans haven't been able to watch them in person unless they wanted to take a massive road trip because they started the season a three-game stretch 
against Jacksonville State in Jacksonville, Alabama, where Missouri won two of the three. Uh, so let's start with their first game. They beat the Gamecocks 10-4. to um, And then in the second game, they beat the Gamecocks 6-4 to in 12 innings. And then Jacksonville State won the the third game 9-8. to In terms of starting a year chance, you think that's a a good opening series? It is a good opening series, and I say that because in game one, they put up double digits. In game two, they went to extra innings, and... You know, it was a it was a closer game, of course, six to four, not nothing, you know, oh, it's a, you know, 12 blowout. Um, but then, you know, game three, uh, Jacksonville State was obviously, uh, you know, in the driver. They wanted to be in the driver's seat, um, pulled from behind nine to eight. Um, so, yeah, it's a good start two and oh. And then they go to, of course, they're in the uh, college classic right now. They've got a game at three o'clock. That is today in Corpus Christi, Texas. Against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And then on Wednesday, they've got, I'm going to say this wrong, McKenzie State? Uh, McNeese. McNeese. I, I yep, knew I was going to butcher that. McNeese State. McNeese out of uh, out of Lake Charles, Louisiana. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a fun one. That's where my grandmother grew up. Be interesting to see. If they could, I think if, you know, if Missouri could finish, you know, Four and one in this, it'd be a pretty solid showing from well, yeah, Missouri. So, so they had the they had the Kleberg Bank College Classic down in Corpus Christi. Um, that College Classic stretch is actually done. Um, they went two and one in that one. Uh, they're only lost five one to Kansas State. Um, so you know maybe not the most you know beautiful score. Uh, but if you look at how things went, runs were pretty spread out. Uh, two in the fourth inning for K-State, one in the fifth, and then two in the seventh. So the Tigers, um, you know, it wasn't like they got completely blown out of the water. That entire tournament being played at Whataburger Field, which is the home for the Corpus Christi Hooks, the uh, AA affiliate for the Houston Astros. Um, Mark Veerling for Missouri that day had four at-bats, one run and a hit, but he also had a K. Um, Tigers struck out 11 times in that game against Kansas State, a number I'm sure that Steve Beezer will want to improve. They beat Utah, always good to be a, to uh, get the win over a big program, and they beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who was the home team. As you mentioned, Chance, that rematch is today in just about two hours. Yeah, and, you know, some names I'm sure fans who – have been paying attention to, for, to Missouri baseball for a while. You know, guys like Josh Holt Jr., Trey Morris. You said Ver, Veerling. That's another name to keep an eye on. I see that. Uh, oh, of course, Peter Zimmerman's another big name. Yeah, big man um, Pete. Ian Bedell as well, another another yep. name that folks should pay it a for whole sure. lot of attention to. He's on the uh, watch list for the Golden Spikes Award. His odds of winning, admittedly, are a bit low, but... To be on the watch list is you oh, know, in itself a very good achievement. And I think another thing to point out before I send it over to Cole to kind of give his take on some of this stuff. Coming up for Missouri, it's going to be a tough showing. They've got three teams that are biting to get into the top 25 right now. Baylor, Oklahoma, and Texas all down in Kyle's neck of the woods down in Houston, Texas. That'll come. That's this upcoming that's, weekend. Yeah, so that, that's, that's going to be. A, that'll be a true. Uh, that's going to be a true test to see where this team is. Of course, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Texas all in the Big Twelve. Missouri used to be in the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's um, a. So it'll be a. It, uh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a kind of it's it's the Big Twelve SEC challenge on the baseball diamond um, because what this uh, Shriners College Classic is this year and they haven't done it like this in the past is one of the first years they've done it like this you've got an interesting situation where out of the Big Twelve you have Baylor OU Oklahoma sorry Baylor OU and Texas and then uh, of the SEC. It's Missouri, LSU, and Arkansas, and these teams are playing a little Big 12 SEC Challenge sort of deal. I was just going to say that. So in basketball, they do the same thing before the season starts. They do some of those. So I think it's kind of cool that they're kind of mingling, intermingling these uh, conferences. Cole, give us your uh, however long you want to speak, because it seems like me and Kyle have kind of just been talking up the the afternoon here. What's going on? So... Mizzou beating Utah is, you know, big for a few reasons. Number one, that's a huge opponent. You know, Pac-12 conference typically is very good in baseball, just like softball. UCLA is 7-0 right now, currently 10th in the nation. And while it is early and, you know, you haven't played conference, you know, yet where you have to play 
number one Florida in the nation. You have to play top three Vanderbilt. Mizzou knows how to come back and face adversity. They had a extra inning win versus Jacksonville State. Then they were down ten. Then they were down four zero against Tets A and M Corpus Christi, responding with eight unanswered runs. So that bodes well for their future, especially when you compare this really tough stretch with receiving votes Baylor, Oklahoma, and Texas. And I think something else to point out, and I know we've pointed this out in previous weeks, but neither the baseball or softball team will be making the postseason. Right. They um, have been, they've, and they've so, been banned. Again, it's one of those seasons where if you're Steve Beezer or, you know, like you're Liberty Saint, whoever you are, you know, you just want to win as many games. And you want to prove that, hey, we might be banned from everything, but that doesn't stop us from coming out and, you know, showing fans who we are, and kind of looking at the standings, I'm not shocked to see Florida at the top. 8-0, they're always fantastic. Um, and then kind of near the bottom and the last five, you've got Auburn at 20, East Carolina at 21, OU at 22, Dallas Baptist, the school that I've never heard of, at 23. Uh, DBU. DBU, DBU is very good school. Uh, the Volunteers at 24, and then Long Beach State coming in at 25. Uh, so there's quite a few teams in the SEC um, in that uh, 25. Um but and then as we get into you know play back here in Columbia, they will have Western Illinois, Northern Illinois, and then they'll go down to Tuscaloosa. So from those two teams, what's something to keep and keep an eye out for? I know it's in you know it's not now, but it's coming up. Well, so you know when you look at the the rest of the schedule, right? Western Illinois and NIU, I mean, there are certainly teams to watch, and this is going to be the openers for Missouri. But specifically with Western Illinois, that's a team who you need to either be sweeping or taking two out of three um, if you want the season to be going in your direction. Um, Western Illinois, definitely one of the weaker opponents uh, that Missouri faces. And I think that's where this uh, this series down at Minute Maid Park comes into serious play because – if you look at this series, um, it's you know it's very much that first true test. It's almost a you know the last big tune-up before the season because you have three huge programs out of the Big Twelve, all receiving votes, all are going to be contending for postseason berths, and then after that, Western Illinois and Northern Illinois are not your benchmark games. Those are not the teams where you look at them, you're like, oh man, if we beat them, you know we're, we're yeah. looking really good. This is like. We should be beating them, and by golly, we, we better be beating them. And looking a little further ahead, too, so they, they open up SEC with uh, Bama, who's actually not receiving votes. But one of the then, few teams, I was one just of gonna the few say, teams in the SEC is not. then you jump ahead to what our spring break is on March 20th. That Friday, that Saturday is when classes are over. You've got ninth-ranked Auburn. You've got receiving votes South Carolina. You've got receiving votes Tennessee. you got the 10th-ranked Gators. you got the 4th-ranked... I mean, it's just... It's going to be... It will be a tough season. It's not it going to be easy, and it's because the SEC is so darn competitive the in SEC, every sport. The SEC is, genu- is genuinely the best conference in college baseball. You look at the teams who have gone to the College World Series and have won national championships and have been competitive. Arkansas, you got Van Bill, I mean, that's those two have absolutely run the college baseball scene the past couple of years. Florida's been in there. And you want to know who else has been right up in the grill of college baseball? UT. So let's get into uh, what I was planning on doing is previewing the, uh, the, the opponents for this college classic. And let's actually start um, after we uh, take a short break and look at the opponents Mizzou will be taking on in Houston at the end of the week. It's Triple Threat brought to you by Stickle and Dry Law Firm here on KCOU. Okay, company picnics Tuesday. Lou, you order those shirts? Nah, I'm just gonna have my wife make some. Sit down. Shut your mouth. Y'all gonna look like a bunch of suckers. Hey, who's this guy? They call me T-Shirt. Shirt. Unless you get your threads from Digit Graphics. Whether it's for your work, your team, or your charity, Digit Graphics will have you looking good. What, do we look as cool as you? Not a chance in hell. But you will dig it. Check out DigitGraphics.com. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Shirt. 
Want to do true false on a budget? Consider purchasing a stay up late pass for an inexpensive tour of the weekend's offerings. Benefits include access to all concerts and musical showcases, admission to films starting after 9 p.m., and entry to the infamous action party. For information on pricing and fest passes, again, please visit truefalse.org. True False 2020, March 5th through the 8th. This is DJ Mega Seg. I hope you are enjoying the program. Please stay tuned for more wireless transmission of electromagnetic radiation. Triple Threat brought to you by Strickland Dryer Law Firm here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Online at KCOU.FM and streaming live on the TuneIn app. And so before the break, we were talking about Missouri baseball and getting into the college classic slate of games. We're going to start with the last opponent that Missouri is facing. We're actually going to work backwards. So uh, the, uh, the Sunday game that Missouri will play down in Mimay Park is going to be against the University of Texas Longhorns, who are a stunning 8-0 on the season so far. And with their game against Sam Houston State tomorrow, I would not bet against them going 9-0 going into the College Classic. So a big-time slate for UT. Let's look at their schedule. They swept Rice Reckling Park, something very hard to do. Rice, who has kind of faded in previous years, used to be a perennial College World Series contender. They took a single gamer against UTSA, a single gamer against Lamar, and then they welcomed Boise State to uh, to Austin, and they swept Boise State. Their first game, they won 7 nothing. Second one, 2-1. Third one, 7-5. So a very dominant Longhorn team featuring a couple of interesting names. Um, one specifically who um, – so I'll, I'll be on the call for the uh, for the Sunday game, and I get the pleasure of calling uh, the man who starts in right field, my cousin, Austin Todd. So, uh, so an interesting aspect to that one. I've got my cousin playing right field for these Longhorns. He's currently batting 324 on the season after 34 at bats, slugging 471 on base percentage of 378. So yeah. Austin doing some work for the Longhorns. Yeah, taking a piece of the pie out of the Longhorns schedule. Yeah, nothing but perfection, of course, on the season. Uh, I don't see Missouri beating them. They won't. I um, can almost guarantee it. I, I bet you. I bet you. You know, if, if you want to crown a grand champion, so to speak, yeah. of this college classic, it's going to most likely be the University of Texas. I believe they will. Yeah. Di- they will. They will. You know. They'll do some work. And not knowing much about their roster, and I'm not sure if you do as well, Kyle. Young squad, older squad. They got a mix of kind of older, younger. What are they? What's going they on? are they are a very healthy mix. Okay. Um, so you know, if, if we look kind of down the roster at their at their big names, right? Um, I mean, it's it's so very mixed. Douglas Hoda the third is a freshman, but he's been doing well in the outfield. You know. You got like Bryce Elder, who's their, one of their right-handed pitchers. He's a junior, right? Um, Andre Duplantier is a freshman. He's he plays all over. Right-handed pitcher, infielder. He can do it all. Um, you know, you just look down this lineup. It's a it's a very healthy mix. It's something that you like to see. I mean, Austin Todd is you know he's he's a he's a senior starting in right field, but he's got good backup. Um, you know, so this is a very diverse team. David Pierce, their coach, has done a great job assembling the squad. Assistant coach for this team, a name you might recognize, Troy Tulowitzki. Mm-hmm. So they got a they got a big name in Troy in Troy Tulowitzki, who is uh, one of their assistant coaches. This is, I mean, 
this is a team that is very much bred for success and a team that is experiencing said success. Yeah, building our way back up. Then you've they've got the uh, the Sooners seven and two thus far on the season. They opened up with a series uh, series win against Virginia. Then they went on a really long winning stretch, beating Texas Southern, Illinois State. Uh, oh well, they lost their last they game. Lost, they lost. They lost the last. So they were but nonetheless a good start. They, they were one off of a four game sweep over the Redbirds in Norman. Um, but I mean, you look at the schedule for OU. Yes, they're seven and two. Their significant wins aren't very significant. Yeah, they don't stack up. Honest. They don't stack exactly. Up they don't, they don't stack up against you know the the rice the you know the, all that from Texas and you know they're not undefeated like UT is. UT should be undefeated with their schedule and they are. OU, you look at their schedule, maybe one loss against Virginia, I think it's fine, but they should be getting the four-game sweep against Illinois State. And Texas Southern, the 14-to-1 win and the 12-to-1 win are to be expected. They won't play again until Friday in Houston against Arkansas. Um, and that's going to be a hard one for them because Arkansas ranks sixth in the nation. Um, I, I would say that OU... While they may beat Missouri on Saturday, um, I think that's the only win they get at this college classic. Arkansas should do the job, and LSU, who are ranked number 11th in the nation, should also do the job against the Sooners. Um, and, and, you know, if we kind of look at what the Sooners are, you know, kind of kind of working with, let's take a look at their box score from the game against Illinois State, their last one. You have uh, you know players like Tanner Treadway, who went two for five, but also had a strikeout. Team only had five strikeouts on the game. It's interesting. They're not getting the run production they need because they struck out Illinois State 12 times, which, I mean, that's a great number. But then you allow six RBIs, you allow a total of seven runs, and you only score five. This is a team that looks like it can produce more runs than it is. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, for sure. Um, all good points. Baylor is four and three, so they're a little more mediocre and closer this, to that five hundred mark. This is right the now. game. This is the game that I could see Missouri winning in this college classic. This is the series opener. Um, this is. A team who has been up and down this season in terms of wins and losses. Um, And so if we're looking at one game on this schedule that Missouri could win in the College Classic, this is the one I give it to. Yeah, none of these teams are, you know, easy bets. Of course, all three are receiving votes. Baylor started off the year winning the last two versus Nebraska. But looking at Nebraska, Oklahoma and Texas. Baylor is the easiest choice. Say, the they're, easiest they're team. Opening game is the easiest of the three game slate for sure. Yes. Obviously, kind of to put a wrapping on this, uh, I, I, Missouri's either going to go one and two, they're going to go two and one. Um, they lose to Texas. I think OU's up and I think OU's a, 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 a I, up and down. I, it's a I, I personally think it's going to be Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's going to beat Mizzou. I think I think Oklahoma slaps Mizzou. So do you think? Okay, so you think one and two. What do you think they finish? How I do you think, think they finish in this three game slate? So, so personally, I think I think that Missouri finishes zero and three. I think even even okay, with the so record, Kyle's not giving up a chance. Even even with the record that Baylor has, I still think they're the better baseball team. Yeah. But if you want something more optimistic, one and two with the win being against Baylor, I think exactly. is a fair estimate. I think we can all three agree that that's probably the closest to a win. Uh, switching gears though a little bit, um, the XFL is of course. A hot topic, as we all know. They uh, week three is now in the books. Um, Houston over Tampa Bay last week, thirty four twenty seven. Dallas over Seattle, twenty four twelve. St. Louis taking it to New York, twenty nine to nine, and then a really big smacking on the butt. L. A. beat DC, the DC Defenders. 39-9. Gosh, and you got to wonder what the heck happened to D.C. Because their first game, they won 31-19 against Seattle. Their second game, they smacked the Guardians 27-0. And then now L.A. has just absolutely eviscerated them. Yeah, it's. I think the. I think this is what the XFL gives you. One week, a team's going to be super, super strong. And the next week, they're not going to be so strong. I don't think any of these teams 
and I could be wrong, but I don't see a team in the lineup that's like going to be consistently on the winning path well, the I, entire 10 weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something right now, chance. I think you are wrong. Cause there are two teams. There are two teams in this league yeah. that have been lights out for the entire year. And one of them is going to be... Let's, one of them is the Houston Roughnecks. I was just going to say, the your hometown one, Roughnecks. The yeah. other one is the St. Louis yeah. Battlehawks. I think... I, I Okay, I take that somewhat back. I still believe in that a little bit, that theory. Because you don't ever know. We're not even... We're just week four. So we're still early on. I haven't hit the midway point. But yeah, St. Louis is putting up good fights. You know, they are now on... Well, they... they They're 3-0. They lost... They, well, no, they lost to uh, Houston. They were two and one. They lost to, two and one. They they so, lost they lost to the Rockets by a good opening start. They, they, nonetheless, when, when your only loss is against the team that's undefeated, um, and you know these two teams still, I think, are the the two the best two teams in the league. I think that's you know it's it's okay to yep. you know feel you know it's okay to have that loss in your pocket if you're if you're St. Louis. But let's talk about the Battle Hawks. Um, because in their 29-9 win over the New York Guardians, they sold out the lower bowl of the, Edwards jo- of the Edward Jones Dome. First time football has been played in St. Louis since the Rams left. left. Yeah. And, and to me, it proves something that's kind of been a, a question for St. Louis football since the Rams left is... Oh, you know, if they put a football team back in St. Louis, they, they wouldn't care, you know. And someone said it on Twitter, and I'll repeat, you know, not verbatim, but somewhat, you know, same thing. You put a team in of any sport, of any kind, in St. Louis, and you give them support, and you give them good marketing, you know, the fans are going to get behind them. We saw that with the Blues, right? The the Blues have, you know, hockey has been kind of a, you know, not not the most fun thing to talk about in St. Louis. Blues have not been great in previous years. You get some good marketing in there. You give the you give the fans a reason to watch. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're going to go in. That's what I, I've I've thought for years that the NBA should expand to St. Louis as well. Yeah, and not even just hockey, but I think the cards are also a oh yeah super not heck yeah they're heck they're a yeah. super watched team and you know they're I, I mean I the Royals fan in me you know yeah the Royals are the Royals they want it you know good for them a couple of years ago but St. Louis is definitely the baseball city in Missouri I mean I think that's the oh, and it has, I don't want to cut you off no you're fine it has been for a while but I think that Kyle brings up a good point St. Louis is a great sports market I mean it's the exact same thing with you know Chicago you know with Missouri of course the Cardinals is like the Missouri team, but then the Cubs is like the Chicago team because the White Sox don't have as much of a marketing tool. No, and well, and the other thing too, you know, just I don't want to talk too much about that, but the Bulls are struggling, and you know, that, I think that's one thing you have to look at is you know the Cubs are that team that people you know are going to consistently watch because they're consistently good. Well, um, they used to not be, and people still. Well, watched. I know that, and that, and see, that's true fans, right? So that's a loyal fan base, just like there's there's all sorts of teams around the country like that. But that's a good, that's a good example. But yeah, kinda- Chicago sports fans is one of the breeds where they there's a few obviously you know stick around only when the team's winning. Of course, when the Bulls were number one in the Eastern Conference and Derrick Rose is you know MVP of the league. Yeah. Taking a, There's a good amount of people that will stick around, you know, through thick and thin. Yeah. Taking a deeper look at those, the St. Louis game, uh, first down's pretty similar. 16 for St. Louis, 13 for the Guardians. Um, I think really the big third down was the big. Um, I would say the the uh, I would say a good separator between these two teams. The Guardians were two for ten. And the Battlehawks were seven for fourteen. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, the Guardians actually had more net yards of offense yeah, st- st- than the Battlehawks. I was just going to say the numbers prove it otherwise, but the score is, of course, the score. And, um, and of course, we we do have to mention this is the big one out of this game. We had our first ever kick return touchdown in the XFL out of the Battlehawks, and that's something. Okay, so I mean, the fact that it took us three weeks to get the the first kick return touchdown. Of the entirety of the XFL, you know, I think it, it increases the value of kick returns. You know, like you see a kick return touchdown, I don't want to say once a week in the NFL, but like it's relatively consistent. Yeah. And, you know? and again, like I said, when this XFL started, it's a different kind of football. It's not your NFL and it's not your it's not your NCAA football. It's a different type of football. 
And for football fans who are like, that's all they're going to watch 365 days a year, they don't care. But for someone who's an NFL fan, it might be a little different because the format's a little different. And like you said, on that point, you know, the kick return, it's different. And But I think people are going to stick with it. People like it. It's extra football. And like I said, if you're a football fan, there's no complaining. You get football every weekend, and you're proud. And it's it's. Fun football, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just like ah uh, football. It, like that was the problem with the AAF, right? It was like exactly. ah yes, football is being played, but dear God, is it really hard to watch? Like yeah. games were ending in that league like six to three. Who the heck wants to watch that? Yeah. When we got games where like you know the the, the Revnex Vipers game on Saturday, thirty four twenty seven Vipers who like. Honestly, one of the worst teams in the league, yeah. and they are fighting the best team in the league till the literal last two seconds of the ball game. I mean, the Vipers are the worst team in the league because they're the only team winless. Yeah, fan, fan, and this is the thing too: fans like scoring. Fans like to watch scoring football. But as we jump ahead a little bit, looking ahead of next, looking ahead to next week, uh, week four matchups include L.A. will go to New York, Seattle will go to St. Louis. Houston will come up north and go to, well, not really much up north. Oh, four uh, to, hours. To da- so it is up north, yeah. To Dallas. And then D.C. will travel south to face Tampa Bay. So Kyle and Cole, and then I will give my four-game predictions. What's going to happen next week? You know, the Wildcats absolutely spanked D.C. last <laughs> yeah. week. I think they go up to New York to MetLife, and I think they spanked the New York Guardians. So okay. I, I take L.A. in that match. Seattle and St. Louis. Seattle is the bottom team in the Western Conference. St. Louis, on the other hand, one of the best teams in the league, playing in the Dome. I'm sure it will be another sold-out crowd if we judge by their their home opener um, yesterday. I bet you St. Louis just absolutely wrecks shop and destroys <laughs> the Seattle Dragons. Houston going up to Dallas. Dallas has been incredibly inconsistent. They beat the LA Wildcats 25-18 in week one, but they lost 15-9 to St. Louis in week... Or, and they beat LA in week two. They lost 15-9 in week one, and then they uh, they beat the Seattle Dragons in Seattle in week three. So very inconsistent Dallas team. Houston, on the other hand, a hallmark of consistency undefeated. I think the Roughnecks take the win in Dallas. And then D.C. and Tampa Bay, that's the battle of the bad. Um, <laughs> it is. But D.C. is not as bad, so give me give me the defenders. Cole Tussing. So, I guess starting with game one, L.A. and New York are both one and two teams on opposite sides of division. But I'm going to go with the Guardians here just because L.A., they got a huge win. But typically, we've seen this in college football a lot where a team will get a huge upset win, but then they'll kill their momentum afterwards. St. Louis, top of the division versus Seattle, who's at the bottom of the division, the other side of the tournament, I, I guess, SFL, if you will. Now, I guess I, I'm going to keep going with the St. Louis, you know, hot train, I guess. And then Houston-Dallas, first and second place in the division. I would like to think that Houston runs away with it and stays undefeated. And then D.C. versus the Vipers give me D.C. here, and they're able to come back after the upset. Okay. I'm going to take, take New York as well at home. I'm going to take St. Louis. I'm going to take Dallas at home. Mm. Um, and then uh, I'll take, yeah, I'll take D.C. as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be fun to, of course, talk about this all next week as, you know, they just swiftly move along. Coming up, though, after the break, Mizzou basketball in full swing. A win and a loss this weekend. The women topping Ole Miss yesterday. The men falling short in Fayetteville last Saturday. We'll break down both of those games and a look ahead. Uh, You're listening to Triple Threat here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and online at KCOU.FM. Don't touch that radio dial. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Chris Mitchell. Let me put you on my show called Carter Circle Backboard. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to know about the world of sports in the past week, whether it be basketball, baseball, football, you name it. And then as a little added bonus, I like to talk about video games here and there. 
got a little bit of something for everybody. You can catch it every Monday on KCOU 88.1 FM or KCOU.FM Mondays from noon till 1. And if you miss an episode, that's fine because every single episode will be up on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bust through that case of the Mondays with Quarter Circle Backboard. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. A city in chaos. Businesses and organizations continue to plague. They have people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. Hey, newsman. My forecast. Head down to Dig It Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Name's T. Shirts. Shirts. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says, I love my Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Digitgraphics.com. Shirts. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. And welcome back to Triple Threat here on KCOU, brought to you by Sickle and Shire Law Firm. And let's get to talking about some Missouri basketball. We start with the men who went down south to Fayetteville to play the Arkansas Razorbacks and lost 78-68 in a game that, like, I mean, it looked close within the last minute, and then the Razorbacks really just busted it open, and it was all downhill from there. Um, so let's let's kind of break this thing down a bit. Kobe Brown had 17 points. Drew Smith had 15. Xavier Penson had 15. So, I mean, that's good numbers, right? Like, that's, a, that's the kind of stuff you like seeing from your top three there. Um, I would have liked someone to break 20, but, you know, I'll sacrifice someone breaking 20 for three people breaking 15. Um, but when we look at, you know, what the difference was, I mean, Arkansas just had better scores, man. Isaiah Joe, 21. Jimmy Witt Jr., 14, man. Uh, Desi Sills had 17 off the bench. You know, so that's just the sort of thing that if you're in Missouri, you gotta you gotta work on. Another big thing to work on, my goodness, thirteen turnovers for Missouri. Yeah, there were yeah. So I had turned it on. It was late in the game because I woke up so late on Saturday and I forgot the game was so early in the day. Um, but I think a real big thing that helped Arkansas in this game was having Isaiah Joel back because in Columbia they didn't have him. And it was a struggle. And Missouri took him to the wire, and they beat him in overtime. Then in Fayetteville, you have Isaiah Joe back. 21 points. You know, a good performance. Then you have, like you said, Jimmy Wood Jr., who came in at 14. And then Mason Jones, who's also been a hot hand for the Razorbacks, <clears throat> of course, had 12 points. And then looking, you know, you know, Kobe Brown, yeah, incredible performance. Drew played well. Pinson continues to play well. But I think that they are starting to lack points from guys like Pickett, guys like Watson. And I would argue that probably Mitchell Smith is probably in that conversation. You know, Pickett only had four points. Pickett's not been playing well the last couple of weeks. He has not. Torrance Watson only had seven. And Mitchell Smith had a bucket. And so I think that you, you know, and I say that because you have to start evening things out. Those guys are going to have to start, you know, I think contributing more really all around. And I say that because the SEC tournament is not too far away. In fact, it is on March 11th. It's March 11th to March 15th in the Music City, which is Nashville, of course. Um, But I think looking ahead, it's, uh, you know, a walk in the park down in Nashville. They they have Vanderbilt. That's that's not going to be a Yeah, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt just got beat by a buzzer beater like we were talking about before we went on the show. Uh, to Georgia, that was really sad to watch. If you're a Commodore fan, then they had Mississippi State. 
that's a I don't know yet. Still a toss up. Yep. I think oh, I think we I think we being Missouri will beat Ole Miss in Oxford. And I, Alabama, I just Alabama is one of those bubble teams. Yeah, Bama's, Bama's been up and down. Missouri won the first game, eighty-eight to seventy-four. So, you know, definitely, definitely a chance to to win the home game against Bama, um, especially with that being the final home game of the year. But I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Do do they win? Do they lose? This team, <laughs> exactly. That's this team is so un, this what? team is so inconsistent. And I mean, yeah, I have no idea. And I think, and I think, with to that point, Kyle, it's inconsistency, and you don't know what team you're getting. But I think to kind of put – this is what's going to happen with Missouri basketball. They're going to beat Vanderbilt by a, a good chunk of points. Mississippi State, I think it's close. I think the Tigers fall to them. I think Ole Miss is the win. I think they finish 2-2. Two and two. I think they lose to Bama and they lose to Mississippi State. They beat Ole Miss on the road. They beat Vanderbilt on the road. So I, their two remaining wins will be at home, and their two losses will be on the road. Cole, what is your insight – for men's basketball. So the disappointing thing about losing to Arkansas at Arkansas was before the game and how they beat Ole Miss by 371-68, Mizzou became 500. They, and now taking the loss, now they're under 500 by game. So you take a look at the schedule remaining. At Vanderbilt, I personally think it's a win. I think we can all agree. Mississippi State, I think it's going to be a loss. At Ole Miss, I think it's going to be a loss. Then Alabama's going to be a win. So I think they're going to be 2-2, two and two on the final year going into, as Chancey mentioned, the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee for the SEC tournament. And what standing they are right now, I'm not really sure, but if they win the first game, they'll obviously lose the second game just like the women. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Missouri basketball on KCOU 88.1 FM, of course, if you tune in this Saturday. February 29th at 2.30. You can hear our coverage of Tiger basketball against Mississippi State. Once again, that's Saturday, February 29th. Tiger tip-off presented by El Rancho starts at 2.30. And then tip-off for the game will be uh, shortly thereafter. So, um, you know, uh, an intriguing game against Mississippi State. Let's pivot now to the women's side of things because they got the win over the Ole Miss Rebels yesterday, a condensing one 82-67 to 67 on pink out and a very unique senior day. It's not the last home game for Missouri, but they want to make sure that all the parents could fly out and celebrate the occasion, and you know their last home game is against Auburn on Thursday. It, it was one of the better played basketball games from Missouri and this season. See, that's I, a huge asterisk because I Ole Miss is. And I, well, and I, well, okay, based on what I saw. It was dirty. It, it was incredibly it was. They, dirty. Hey, but they posted 82 points. Yes, they got, so the sco- the- they got the good scoring, but a competent basketball team with the amount of times Mizzou fouled and the amount of open looks that Ole Miss got would have put up 100 on Missouri. Right, so, and you think about this. Yes, Mizzou scored 82, and they haven't scored that in a while. You can say now the season's gone. When you take a look who they played, they played Ole Miss, who is winless in conference, bottom of the SEC, and quite frankly, probably one of the worst college basketball teams in the women in Division One. Yeah, they haven't won a single game since December 28th. They don't have a win this year. So, yeah, I no, mean, it, it, yeah, see, that's, yeah, they, I, I, they I don't shot know. from the yeah. field, from the field, they shot 24 of 63 oh, from was, the three point line, nine of 27 and from the free throw line, 10 of 16. For, so, yeah. I mean, that they suck, for, man. <laughs> for, yeah, that's true. For someone who was there, though. I mean, I was too. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah of course you, you had more knowledge than I do. You were, I was on the call for um, that one. Yeah. Me you and were on the, on the airwaves for that one. Uh, you know, I, th- I thought Blackwell, you know, gave her body up the whole game. She, she played, was very physical. Uh, she played outstanding. I thought that they got a lot, they, they got a huge performance from Haley Frank. She played really well. 22 yeah. points on the day. In 28 um, minutes. I'm looking at the numbers right now. I think it's funny. Based on what I saw, I thought shoots finished with more than seven. No, she, uh, she really didn't shoot very well. Yeah. Ironically enough. And I'll tell you, not only is Frank good from literally you know, anywhere. anywhere she's good from the free throw line. That's another, I thought that was, you know, yep. something that 
benefited them. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Missouri's got two games left, of course, one of them being in Columbia. That's on Thursday, February 27th against Auburn. And then they will round out the regular season on March 1st. That's a Sunday against Alabama down in Tuscaloosa. And then... SEC tournament. SEC tournament. And I think it'll be a one and done for Missouri. I do. And, and I think yeah. they so can get as two. the season stands out right now, so yeah, what the, the Auburn game. So Auburn is three and eleven in conference. They are thirteen out of fourteen in the SEC right now. I think that's gonna be a win. Alabama, on the other hand, is six and eight in conference, nine and six at home, so I think it's gonna be a loss. So I think Mizzou's gonna go one and one going to the SEC tournament now. Since I'm on the call, that's gonna mean Mizzou will probably be the 11th seed playing against a rematch against Ole Miss. I think they will beat Ole Miss, which will mean they would play the 5th seed, which right now that stands as Kentucky. And I think that's going to be a loss. Yeah. That's probably a fair, fair, I think fair that's bet. Fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. No, for sure. So it's going to be, it'll be interesting going back to men for a second because the SEC tournament's coming up too and they're going to, oh, now I'm going blank. Where's it at? Nashville. Nashville. That's what I thought. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I, they're not the best team there. LSU's much better. Florida's much better. Kentucky's much better. I think uh, the majority of the, the conference majority. is much better Auburn, than Missouri. I forgot. I can't leave Auburn out. Um, while we have a second, who do you guys think wins the SEC tournament? Ooh, that's for hard. both men and women. Yeah. I, yeah, I well, honestly also, also uh, that question for both for both yeah. Well, I honestly I might. say Auburn for the men. I think Auburn wins okay. the SEC for the men. Um, for the women, give it to. I mean, gosh, either Mississippi State or South Carolina. Well, South Carolina is, I believe, number one in the country. Yeah, they're exactly. number one, and they uh, beat UConn. I think I, <laughs> yeah. I think I'll give it to South Carolina. Cole. So my stance is this: I think the men terminal will go to Kentucky, and then the women will be South Carolina. They number one in the nation. I. Called the game Mizzou played against them. South Carolina is 14-0 in conference, 27-0 overall. They, as I just mentioned, they beat UConn. They're on a 21-game win streak, so give me South Carolina to win the women's. I like Kentucky Auburn for the SEC championship. I think both have great shooters, both have great coaches. I think Pearl has a better game plan. So Auburn? This is the funny thing. Yeah, so I got Auburn. And then on the women's side, of course, I've got South Carolina. And this is what's funny. And I this is we're not we're not too March Madness. I probably will have Ken- Kentucky is going to be one of those strong teams to win the NCAA tournament this year. Or Auburn. I like both mm-hmm. of those teams. Um, I'm going to shoot one more question to you guys. The NCAA tournament for the men. Is it going to be an SEC team that wins the thing? That's what I want to know. The NCAA tournament? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Now, I, I, I could be wrong, but I think I think a good shout this year is Baylor. Yeah, Kansas took down Baylor. Yes, you I'm see aware. That on the road, I'm aware. Yeah, that I'm was aware. A big but, win. But but for the Jayhawks. I, I still think the Bears have a pretty good shot. Um, so Oregon Zaga. So Baylor is a very good, interesting take because. As of right now in bracketology, Kentucky is in the same region as Baylor. Baylor is the one seed, of course. Kentucky will be the four seed. They'll be playing 13 seed Vermont. And then the winner of Michigan State versus NC State or Oklahoma. So Michigan State. And then if Kentucky beats Michigan State, they will probably be playing Baylor in the Sweet 16. Interesting. Interesting. I, I take the Bears. Um, to win it all? To win it all. Okay. Cole, what about you? I know it's I know it's early, and I know Mar- I know Selection Sunday hasn't come out, and there's still hopes and dreams out there for some teams. Yeah, I mean we still we don't even have conference tournaments yet. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I typically wait until you know the March Madness bracket is official, and then yeah. I you know make my pick because obviously upsets are known yeah. to happen in March Madness, and who knows if another 16 seed will beat a one seed, whether that's St. Peter's beating number one Gonzaga, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. It's it's going to be close. My three, if I had to pick right now, based on what we know today, I like Gonzaga, I like Baylor, and I like Auburn. Those are those are the three that I'm going to select. All three from different areas of the country, different conferences. Um, but that's that's what I would say at today, which is Monday, which is a long ways from selection. Sunday. I guess my three teams would be Florida State, <laughs> San Diego State. And then KU. They just both and both. Well, San Diego State lost. They they were undefeated. They took their first L this past weekend. Yeah, big big sad on that. But uh, 
Let's uh, let's uh, move on to our kind of final topic of the day, our fun one. We've got you know we got about eh, five minutes to to kind of speak our minds. So, uh, sport thing that you did, you know, sport related thing that you did last week, be that watching something, a favorite moment, some sports related thing you want to speak about, you know, that sort of deal. So, uh, Chance, you go first. Yeah. So, I, uh, for the first time, stepped foot on Stankowski Field and threw the football with some friends. You, you've never? I had, I had, well, of course, I've seen it. I parked there. I had never stepped foot on that field. Can you believe that? I'm a senior at Missouri. Now, I didn't start at Missouri. But I've been in Missouri now for two and a half years. And you've never And been I have mistake. never stepped foot because I don't like to run typically. I'm getting back into it. But and I got out there and I'm like, okay, it is much bigger out here yeah, than that, it actually appears that, when that you're driving is, by. That field is massive when for you sure. really step on it. No, for um, sure. So that would be that would be the as far as what I did. Cole, what about you? So since you know it's sixty degrees and you know sunny yesterday, which, you know, thank God for the weather, but unfortunately it's not the same for day. But um, since I live in my fraternity house and there's a basketball court where I live, we had, you know, fraternity like dunk contest kind of thing. So that was really fun. Oh, dude, that sounds great. Did you, uh, did you slam one down? Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, um, <laughs> didn't do anything crazy. Didn't jump over people. Didn't jump over like a car did, or anything. Hey, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't jump over Taco Bell right, and no, still I didn't. lose? Did it go in? Yeah. Oh, that's good. See, that's, that's better than I could do. I, I can't dunk despite being, you know, six foot two. Um... I uh, I had a lot of work this weekend. Obviously, I called the Ole Miss-Missouri game, but I did find time to indulge in my guilty pleasure of watching test cricket. Um, we had we had New Zealand taking on uh, taking on India in New Zealand, and I was able to catch not the entirety of, but I was able to catch um, at least parts of every day of the five day test match. And New Zealand won, which is what I what I wanted to happen. Um, I enjoy watching New Zealand cricket, um, and I had predicted them to win. I feel like th- in this one last thing before you, I'll let you wrap it up. Of all of the three of us, you find the oddest, most unique things on television, sports related. I mean, I just I enjoy getting into really niche that's stuff. Good. I mean, no, that's, that's fantastic I, I to love, hear, though. I, I watch rugby. I love rugby. I watch soccer all the time. But cricket has been something that I've really indulged myself in in the past couple of months. And it is very fun to watch if you, you know, learn the rules and such. But that'll do it for today. Triple Threat brought to you by Sicklin and Dryer Law Firm. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Before we go, for over 50 years, KCOU has provided Columbia with music, sports, and news coverage you can only find right here on 88.1 FM. The only way we can continue to deliver this content is with your support. So please consider donating to KCOU 88.1 FM by going online to kcou.fm. Once you're on there, click on the Donate tab, and you can either donate to the KCOU General Station Gifts Fund or give to the L.C. Chandler Scholarship Fund, which goes towards giving out an out-of-state broadcast student a scholarship and supports our sports staff. Students of KCOU 88.1 FM, thank you for your support. That'll do it from us here on Triple Threat. For Chance Sicklin and Colt 